0: Listening to the Dr. Claude Kirchner Show. My name is Dr. Claude Kirchner, and we are here to serve organizational leaders and agile teams who strive for excellence and differentiation. I hope you enjoy the content. If you have any questions or would like some additional resources, please visit our website at www.archconsults.com. Enjoy. We are going to the moon, strategic intent. Can you imagine the audacity of this president to say something like that? How are we gonna get there? That's the plan. We don't know that yet, but we know we're going. There. He said success is simply defined as my ability to set and attain my goals. And if I can set them and then I can achieve them, success is a continuum. Then all I know is that I'm becoming more successful. But once you attain those goals, then what happens? You set new goals. Leadership." inherently is situational. What matters most is that a leader can adapt themselves and their style to the situation. As managers, we have to know that we're gonna set goals, but we may not attain them. We can't get disheartened, but we have to regroup. As managers, we we have to prepare, have contingency plans, that things are gonna go wrong in our cute little plan. And I think it was Mike Tyson who says, this plan always works until you get punched in the mouth. And then what? It's the reality of, of managing and leading. And we have been appointed a strategic assignment, our team, to do something that our society desperately needs, is to reduce the amount of people that have been incarcerated that we as taxpayers have spent a lot of money to put them in the housing of prison, that they have now served their time, they have been uh, equitably punished, there's justice for their penalty, and now they are being put back into society. And a major problem that society has is that a lot of times the people that get released from prison end up back in prison. As a team, I'm curious to know, what are your goals in this initiative to try to have them not go back to prison? What are we trying to do? Say, out of all the people that go to prison, there's 100% of them, 30% of them go back to prison. So you want to reduce that 30% down to 10%. That's a big objective. So a goal in order to attain that 20% decrease would be to make sure they have jobs and then catering to some of their mental health to acclimate them better to society. Creating, you can put a number on there, creating two or three vital programs that we can put the ex-cons in so that they can get through the program and get a certificate of some sort. Whether it's for a trade, whether it's for business, whether it's for going back to school, whatever that program might be to get a GED. Some of those programs are actually in prison. Well, you can say a goal would be community creation or uh, acclimation into community, which is sort of what we're doing, but that's, that's an okay goal. Okay, hey, what are we shooting for? Where are we at? And what are we shooting for is, is a very important one. So, realistically, there are a ton of goals you can set for this. I'm, I'm seeing these goals, and a lot of people in the past, this has been a problem in our society for a really long time. And the question remains is why then have we as a society not okay. instituted goals, created a plan, implemented it, and why isn't it effective? And of course, you can there's no real direct answer to that question, but it certainly lies in our ability as managers to effectively manage the situation. And one of the things that I'll just say is it could potentially be one of the reasons is difficulty setting goals, because everybody has different prerogatives. Let me ask you a question. If I said, okay, uh, increase the number of programs in prison, ready, set, go, how do you achieve that goal? And we'll get into planning. What is that goal? Is that a goal? Is there a time frame associated with that? Is there a number of programs existing? Are you increasing it by what what amount? How many prison systems are we talking about? And and also once you implement the uh, the new program, how are you going to measure its effectiveness? How do you know that it's actually having an influence on people not going back to prison? How do we know these answers to these questions? And so that's just one goal that is somewhat ambiguous. It's a good goal, but it it could not potentially be clear, or it could not potentially be effective. And Michael, if I said okay. Mental health is something we need to address. Education programs, we won't have enough of them. Our community uh, acclimation, we need to get people into the community more. Uh, we need to create some mentor programs. We need to reduce it by 20, 25%. Ready, set, go. Good luck. I'll come back in a year and you guys will make sure you achieve it. it it's a very daunting task. So what the point is, in the goal setting reality, sometimes they're hard even to articulate. We, we really, a goal shouldn't be more than one sentence. And it should be very clear, it should be very concise. It should be attainable, it should be timely, it should be smart. But sometimes just the process of setting goals alone can be cumbersome. Some people will say, hey, let's let's put programming in after they're out of prison. And some people will say, Let's prevent them from even getting into prison to begin with. That would likely decrease our focus and shift our initiatives and resources. And if you're on a team where people are focused on the after prison and you're over here saying the before prison, is it right for you to be on that team? Is it is it strategic? Is it efficacious for you to be a part of that process, or should you potentially join a different team with different goals, a different mission, a different vision, yeah. or do they work together? Should those people be in the same room doing the same thing? That would just be a different strategy. It could be a whole different pursuit in itself. But the reality is, could you imagine that if you have a group of people this size that are all being paid, and they all have egos, and there's a, a problem, and we have to come up with a solution, there's gonna be contention in the room. And people aren't gonna either, some people aren't gonna care, some people are going to disagree, and they'll have no problem disagreeing with it. Know that as leaders and managers, you're going to have to do this one. Here you go. And you're not going to – there was multiple times I wanted to disagree, or you know, maybe I didn't want to write what I wrote on the board because I was like, I don't know if that's a good goal. But I did it. And I said, you know, let's see what the group does here. Let, let's brainstorm. Let's make sure we create as many ideas as possible, and let's try our best to honor one another's opinions. Let's try our best to pay attention to one another because what we're doing here is important. And that's not an easy task in itself. Of learning how to gauge those dynamics, then there's something that we'll learn a lot more, not to get into too much of the content, but groupthink. Were you afraid to disagree with one another? Did somebody say a goal, and you said, that's a stupid goal in your mind, but you didn't say it out loud? Or what if somebody restated a goal that was already said? Did you want to say, I just said that? You know? And what kept you from speaking what's on your mind? Was it fear of being rejected? Was it fear of not conforming to what everyone else was saying. These are all unspoken biases that we have when we get together as a group and when we make decisions. They're problems, real problems, because we're looking at a real problem, but we're suffering without even knowing it, real cognitive gaps in our own thinking process, which is is a problem in itself. So as we're trying to solve problems, we're dealing with problems, distractions too. What I'm trying to drive home is just even the goal, creation, articulation, even a goal-setting process in itself is something that needs to be managed and can be difficult and ambiguous. It's not easy. Okay, so now we have some goals, some tentative goals. Now the question remains, how do we execute on these goals? So a tactic would be strategic partnerships. So schedule mental health visits. That would be a plan, sort of a plan, on how to attack it. could be a goal. But okay, that's a part of, the, that's a part of execution. Just good, more granular. So a plan would be to create something that works and then to scale it somewhere else. So scaling is, is a way to execute. Thinking what works and doing it elsewhere. How will you execute on these goals? How, how would you phrase that execution plan? So it's a great idea That's and true. we should figure out a way to devoid them of that criminal record depending on their in or life. That's good, but how are you going to execute on that? Amending laws. Okay, so employer par- partnerships for them to understand what we're providing these ex-cons and creating that awareness, again, could address a bunch of these goals. So that would be a quality way to execute on completing some of these goals. And sometimes the execution of one particular thing could could really hit a lot of different aspects. If you think about it, what we just did right here is we just had a strategy session for what could be a potential execution of an actual business idea, an actual plan, the management of an initiative, uh, we just really had a strategy in session. What would be the mission and vision? What are we doing and why? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? We're helping people and making society better. Mission, we're helping people. We're serving ex-cons. Vision, we envision a society that is void of its criminal activity, less crime. It's pretty cool, right? Okay, so what's the strategy? And what way will we use our resources to achieve our mission and vision? What resources do we have as a team that we can pull in either money, partnerships, uh, credibility, that we can execute on this mission. What would be a, a strategy to, to find resources? Okay, so we would, we would use the strategy of politics. What else? Funding. We would work on grants. Let's just say we have some grants. That could be a resource. Employing people. Awesome. But the reality is we have to have a strategy to execute on our mission and vision. And our resources have to follow our strategy. Strategy helps execute on mission and vision. And then we get more grounded. Okay, what are the goals? How are we going to measure whether or not we're winning or losing? If you look at a scoreboard, and baseball is the best because it has the most most numbers on a scoreboard, they have really good feedback as to how are we doing. The KPIs, the key performance indicators in baseball are pretty clear. The scoreboard is always there. It's the same thing with goals. If we don't set goals that we can later on then measure, so we understand, are we are we doing this? Are we making a difference? Are we are we achieving success, or are we halfway there, a quarter of the way there? I mean, can you imagine going on a trip? Your goal is to get people in the car and get to Fort Lauderdale by five PM. And you get in the car and you have no idea where you're going or when you're gonna get there or, or how are you gonna measure whether or not you're there on time, you have a clock, you have a speedometer, you have indicators as to where you're going and how long it's gonna be until you get there. So these are goals. Very easy goals. But if we don't put them into play, then we have no idea how we're doing. So how about a plan? I mean this is Obviously, it's going to be a lot harder to develop a plan in this time frame, but the reality is how important is it that after we have all of these goals and we have a mission, and vision, that we have a logical day one, day two, maybe a 100-day plan that we get back together and say, how did it go? What did we do right? What did we do wrong? Okay, what are we going to do from here? And and how are we going to create this map to achieve these goals, attaining goals? In simplicity form, we have a problem. Then, okay, then we have to come up with a plan. In order to come up with a plan, we have to have goals. And then in order to drag some juice into this activity, we got to have a mission and vision, and we got to have a strategy, because how are we going to be better at doing this than the 3,000 or 3 million other people who have tried to do this with us? What are we going to do differently? What's our strategy? So welcome to the somewhat complex, somewhat exciting reality of, yeah, management's fun to talk about, and let's lead people, and let's talk about the general environment, but the, the truth of the matter is, how do we set goals and how do we plan? How do we manage using planning and how do we, how do we manage using goals? And what are they different? Are they the same? Uh, how about decision making? Who makes those decisions? How do we gauge where we're going what we're doing? There's answers to all of that. But one of the most the profound takeaways from management and leadership science in quite some time was this reality that they said, okay, a leader. What do they need to have? What are their competencies? What are their what are the things that a leader needs to have to be effective when they lead? What do you want to see in a leader? But over time, they realize that leadership inherently is situational. What matters most is that a leader can adapt themselves and their style to the situation. As managers, we have to know that we're going to set goals, but we may not attain them. We can't get disheartened, but we have to regroup. And that's that's a big deal. I mean, if you think about... Times in the past where you see athletes crumble in the middle of a game because they threw an interception. And then, then all of a sudden, they're out of it. They, they can't play. They, they can't be stuck on the field. They, they can't compete anymore because they failed to attain a goal, and they, they, they're out of the game. As managers, we, we have to prepare, have contingency plans that things are going to go wrong in our cute little plan. And I think it was Mike Tyson who says, this plan always works until you get punched in the mouth. And then what? It, it, it's the reality of, of managing and leading. So just that right there, be able to articulate their business and their strategy, is that important? But they knew it, right? They probably did this in the past, and then they probably did it again, and they probably did it again, and then they probably refined it every single year based on what? customers. Customers. It didn't matter how well they liked what they were putting out there, how beautiful they thought the packaging was. But it was when they started listening to their customers and truly incorporating that into their strategy that they were capable of achieving substantial growth. Huge component to diversifying the input we get for our strategy and our our execution of our strategy. If we can, and Steve Jobs said it best, if we can't understand, we can't start with the technology and push it to our customers. We have to start with the customers and push it to the technology. What does the customer want? How can we help the customer? That always has to be a question. If you're sitting in a strategy mission, and we here, we're probably guilty of that. Who here said, well, how do we we help these ex-cons? Do you think they want to go back to prison? How can we talk about that? And I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I'm just thinking about it now, wow. If we really reframed the, the mission of what we were doing, and we focused it on the children of the ex-cons and say, daddy or mommy doesn't want to go back to jail. How then could we have produced some really cool outcomes? So just reframing that alone is always effective. Now that, that plays into it. They probably had some goals in mind, probably had a vision, they probably clearly communicated to the first most important person. From there, that only duplicated, and then they found somebody else on board into the mission, then they brought other people in, and all they did was refine and expand their goal setting, their planning, And they likely brought people into the conversation. A lot of times as managers or leaders or certain situations where managers or leaders are leading and managing, they do it in a silo. They don't invite people into that conversation. So sometimes that's important. If you're planning on potentially doing something that not a lot of people can know about, which happens, you probably shouldn't bring a ton of people in to confer on that decision. That goes back to that adaptive management, changing your leadership style based on the situational leadership. That's very important. So some decisions you should bring people in, some decisions you probably keep people out. Okay, goal setting and planning overview. What's a goal? Earl Nightingale said, how do you define success? A lot of people will have an answer to that question, but his I thought was the most profound, and he said success is simply defined as my ability to set and attain my goals. And if I can set them and then I can achieve them, success is a continuum. Then all I know is that I'm becoming more successful. But once you attain those goals, then what happens? You set new goals. But at least you know you're on a path towards success. So I thought that was a unique way to define success. So to be able to be successful, you must have goals, is the takeaway. There's other ways you can define success, but that's a pretty practical way to do it. And then in order to attain goals, we need A, a plan, a blueprint for goal achievement. A blueprint. How are we going to get that Like a map? Planning is determining the organization's goals and defining the means for achieving them. Goal plus a plan equals planning. And you can see at the bottom level, the foundation is what we're talking about today the operational goals and plans. Then you have the tactics to execute on. We talked about that in number two. Then you have the strategic goals and plans on how to get creative in order to do this really well. And then your mission statement is, is at the top. So, likely, the mission. Will be centered around what the goals are. So it starts with the goal and then you sort of define the mission around the goal. This word strategy is, it, it took me a while to really understand it and to be able to implement it into what I was doing every day. Customized strategy, a differentiation strategy versus a cost strategy. But if you think strategy, just think chess. And just think, okay, when somebody does this, what am I gonna do next? So strategy is your most effective way from using what you know. achieve a goal simple as that and the chess example makes strategy somewhat it's a moving target because you have to change your strategy to adapt to what goals you want to hit but the reality is you must have a strategy when you go and play somebody in chess I don't know how many people put chess in here and doesn't matter I'm sure you can relate you likely know your opponent and you know what strategies they've used in the past you could probably watch their games so you go in prepared with a different strategy than you had if you played somebody else. So if people who have played sports in the past, you know that if you, uh, we'll keep using baseball as an example, you change your lineup depending on who's pitching. You have a different strategy. Or in say soccer, you know that they have a really bad goalkeeper, but they have a really good offense. So you're gonna change your strategy to add more offenders as opposed to defense. You'll change up your strategy based on your goals of winning that game. Like strategic goals, different than strategy, but it's a part of strategy. Official goals, broad statements describing where the organization wants to be in the future. One of the best examples, I think I've used it, is John F. Kennedy said, we're going to the moon. It's a strategic goal. We are going to the moon, strategic intent. Can you imagine the audacity of this president to say something like that? How are we gonna get there? That's the plan. We don't know that yet, but we know we're going there strategic plans to find the action steps, create NASA, find some really smart people, some scientists that are really good at aerospace, engineering, and technology. This is a part of the strategic plan by which the company attempts to attain strategic goals. If you had that goal, we're going to the moon without a strategic plan. Where would that get you? In countless effort of tons of planets, she changed the whole planet. Literally, the trajectory of the rocket to get to the moon, she altered last minute. So they were open-minded and willing to collaborate. There was a leader on the team who saw her for who she was and the intelligence she had. He brought her closer, said, what do you think about this? How are we going to, what do you think about this plan, this strategic plan, do you have any changes? That's, that's a good leadership movie or a management movie, Hidden Figures, if you're going to watch a movie, that's a great one. Tactical goals, okay, what's a tactic? What's a strategy versus a tactic? So what would the strategy be? do And then how do you execute on that strategy? By using a what a tactic, which would be bunt. Okay. Another example would be we're going to war. Our strategy is to keep the enemy's defenses back. So our tactic would be to push forward with tanks. Yeah, or attack is a little vague, but we would take a thousand tanks and push forward with the tanks. A little, little more tactical. How would we attack? Using what the tactical approaches versus the strategic approaches. They have executive offices, so they want to leverage the empty office. Spaces in buildings that their strategy is to get people to use those or that's their strategic intent So what tactic would they use to get people interested in that space? What do they do every day? How do they work? What do they? Tangibly do to get people to go to the space. So what they probably do is they probably find space so a tactic would be to send people out to look for the space and they would Contract with whoever is leasing the space or owns the office building and say hey We would like to fill this space and then from there they would market that space to go and get people to fill it. So I have a strategy of, and it's a good example, ensure that office buildings are better utilized and how they execute on that strategy, which would be the tactics, the tactile approach, would be to contract with office building owners, to market the office space and to fulfill it, to fill it with tenants. So a lot of times you have thinkers at a strategic level that are very good strategic thinkers, but they may not be as good at the tactical level. And then of course you have the strategizers, and then you have the executors, the strategic versus the implementers. So a lot of these things like strategy, tactic, you can call creator, implementer, terminology is the same, strategy and tactic. A management science was created in the Industrial Revolution and a lot of management science was executed on it in World War I, World War II, like they use it, strategy, major strategy, and wars. And there's a book called The Art of War, uh, which is all about knowing my enemy and it's just like your competitor. You have to know those things. You develop a plan, you translate the plan, communicating it to people. They likely do that often. I'm the CRO, the Chief Repeating Officer. That's what I do, the CEO changes it from CRO. They're constantly saying the same thing over and over and over again. Maybe you have leaders or managers, or if you think about the way Donald Trump spoke within his speeches, he would repeat himself. He'd repeat himself. He would make sure that people understood, that people understood what he was saying, what he was saying, so that he would drive the point (coughs) home And that it was a tactic so that you translate the plan over and over again. It's just a psychological thing, I keep saying it. Plan operations. Define operational goals and plans. So you have a plan. You translated the plan. You put the plan in place. You used your operational resources. And then what do you have to do? You have to say, is the plan working? How do we monitor this? How do we see, how do we get feedback from our team, from the customers, to know the effectiveness of our plan. How important is that on a scale of one to 10 when you're using all of these, resources? it's crucial. It's very important, but it's not crucial. So let's just say that we have a plan, we're a plan, and things seem like they're working. It's good enough, right? These, these people were selling chocolate, they had a business, but the reality is this separates and provides a competitive advantage from the good companies to the great companies. When they're capable of monitoring their performance, gauging their performance, looking at KPIs, and making adjustments based on the feedback. Performance management. It's a huge part of being a manager, and there's a, a bunch of creative ways to do it. So that we have to have information to make decisions. Monitor and learn. So we designed a plan, we translated the plan, we executed on a plan, we looked at the performance of the plan, and then we learned. Ah, monitor learn. And then we start the whole process over it. What is the cadence for this in something like the... We use two extremes, the airline industry. How often are they going through this process with the United States operations of American airlines? Once a year, twice a year, this process, the organizational planning process, maybe quarterly, maybe annually. So how frustrating would it be if your leaders every day had a new plan, a new way of doing it, a new goal? Yeah, so that kind of puts it in the perspective of likely in the airline industry, I use it because it's a... It's a slow moving, it's not as creative. You likely have these huge plans you invest a lot of money in. You typically have a way of operating. You're probably gonna do this once a year, maybe twice a year. Um, but then you think about a company like a, a major tech company or let's just look at what Twitter's going through right now with Elon Musk taking it over. Likely the, this process is happening often. Things that are on the cutting edge, things that are super competitive with low barriers to entry which means that a lot of other competitors can come into the market and there's a lot of movement in the space, the environment is creating a lot of chaos, and they have to do this more often. Facebook would be a good one. How about emergency response teams, the American Red Cross? Every single time there's a disaster, they go through this process. How about police officers? How about politics, where you have campaigns? There's a lot of campaigns that are shut down right now. They're over with because these midterms just happened, the candidates are out, they're no longer interested. But they could be regrouping for next year. So there's a lot of ways in which we can look at this process that it's different for these guys versus these guys. So as a person showing up to work each day, what are they, okay, if I just fill in the blank, do this today, I will be accomplishing an organization's mission. Think about if you work for a company without a mission, that didn't resonate, how difficult that would be. Goal conflict is a big deal. You could lose, as managers, people on your team because they do not agree that that should be your goal. So if somebody has experience in litigation, so you're a lawyer, and you're going into the courtroom, and your client's goals are different than your goals. Is that a problem? A lot of times, lawyers are subordinate to the agency of their client. They have to do things, this is why being a lawyer in litigation can be tough, that they don't agree with to represent their client well, because they have a fiduciary and civil responsibility to represent their client's best interests. Which, the client's best interests, they may not even know what their best interest is. So it's just an example of goal conflict. Modify goals by time or location, address conflicts with debate and dialogue, break down barriers and promote cross-silo cooperation, departure, so like I said, a lot of people leave, but there are ways in which we can mitigate this goal. And if you think about when you as a group sat down and somebody opened their mouth and said, our goal should be to educate the ex cons And you're like, no it should it should be this. Let me ask, is that a bad thing or a good thing? That two people disagree most. so it's a good thing. Who says it's a bad thing? What if my solution was to, put them in uh, an exercise facility, and uh, sorry, let's, let's use something more uh, obscure. Let's sedate them for the rest of their life. So one, that could be on my heart, and I could not say it. Or Two, it could, it could be on my heart, and then I say it, and then someone disagrees with me. Well, worse yet, I say it, somebody agrees with me. Says, well, these two are great. I should probably step in and agree, too. So next thing you know, we're running around sedating ex-cons. And does that stuff happen? It's funny, but does not yeah. happen in our society? These kinds of ludicrous plans throughout the course of our history that we believe that this was a great solution and somebody was afraid to step in and say, hey, slavery, bad idea, I think we should not do this anymore. to know that these kinds of things happen too. And as managers, all we have to do is build these environments, these dynamics on our team and be aware of these things so that we can counter them. Key performance indicators, tool used to assess what is important to an organization and how well the organization is progressing towards achieving its strategic goal. So, a KPI is not a goal in itself. A KPI is an indicator to achieve a goal. If our goal is to get $1 million in, in revenue, our KPI is in quarter one, we want to get at least $250,000. So, by quarter one, is that achieving the goal? No, no. It's a KPI because in quarter two, we can get nothing. It's an indicator towards the progression of potentially achieving the goal. You take the, the goal and you break it down into key performance indicators. A performance type of environment, the achievement cultures, and in the achievement culture, sometimes they have daily KPIs. But is that daily KPI? Does that mean they're achieving an organizational goal? No, that daily KPI is just a litmus test of how do, how are we doing? And by end of quarter, if we don't know how we're doing every day, we could fall victim to not achieving our quarterly goal. So that's where KPI is a key performance indicator. It could be revenue growth. That's breaking down. It could be don't lose as many employees. Make sure our employee turnover is not that high. It could be making sure that we have a market share in a certain environment. It could be our KPI if we're trying to be the biggest soccer program in the United States. How many new soccer programs have we opened in the last couple months? You know, that that's a, a KPI to achieve the goal. You're in the banking industry, and in the banking industry, likely you're dealing with a lot of objective data. If more customers come in and put their money into your banking institution, what does that mean for the bank? They, they can invest that money and make more on your money and, and pay you pay you nothing over time. That's what banking is. They take your money, they use it elsewhere, and they give it to you when you need it. So they want more customers. They want more accounts. More accounts means more potential money. So therefore, they say, okay, on a regular basis, one of the KPIs that we have to measure to know if we're attaining our, our goal is number of new accounts. It's a perfect example. Characteristics of effective goals. This is big. This is fun. And a lot of times when I was... Leading in uh, on my team and we had a lot of people a lot of opinions a lot of people had ideas as to what goals were Similar to some of these goals up here. I think they're great, but they have to be Specific they have to be smart smart is specific measurable attainable Relevant and T is timing. smart goals Specific and measurable have defined time period are linked to rewards are challenging, but realistic uh, Cover key result areas, but when you think about setting goals Think about a goal that's ambiguous. Let's grow sales this year. Let's be better as a company. Let's help more people. Are those goals? Are they good goals? So, how would you set up KPIs on let's help more people this year? Yes, we don't know how many people we want to help. So, it's impossible to set up KPIs on a goal that is not specific. But, could you set up a KPI on a goal that says we want to help 100 more people than we helped last month? So, this month, timely, We want to help 100 more people than last month. We typically help 1,000 people a month. So we're not doubling the amount of people we're helping. We're just adding 100. So it's a 10% growth in the amount of people we help. Is it timely? Yeah, we're going to do it in a month. And is it realistic? We already went over that. Is it attainable? Likely. And also, is it measurable? Can we measure 100 people? If we measured it last month, we probably can measure it this month. So it's a pretty good goal. And we can have weekly KPIs. Okay, how many people do we help us with? Cadence on that. The goals need to be good. <laughs> they need to be smart. Management by objectives. Management by objectives. System whereby managers and employees define goals for every department, project, and person and use them to monitor subsequent performance. We talked about the airline industry and the whole airline industry and how important it is to not have to go through that process all the time. But likely within the airline industry, there's subsets of divisions and smaller teams with people, where translation of management by objectives, MBO's a little bit more granular within our system. So sometimes our goal could just be, can everybody just show up to work today? You know, are we here? Okay, (laughs) clap it up, you know, we're here. Let's not get hurt. Okay, man, we're here, we didn't get hurt. That's enough. That's good for a Friday, right? Is it good for a Tuesday? Maybe not, but for a Friday, hey, we're here, we showed up, we didn't get hurt, let's go. Focus manager and employee efforts on activities that will lead to goal attainment. Can improve performance at all company levels. Improves employee motivation. Aligns individual and departmental goals with company goals. But likely, even without thinking about it, you have been put into a place where people expect things of you. And likely, that's because some of these objectives have been given to you through a job description, through a performance review. They have been translated to you somehow that you know that when you show up to work, you have certain objectives that you're trying to attain. It could be just don't fight with Sally today. That's in here, we're, we just don't we just get along. That's a, a good objective. Goals and plans provide a source of motivation and commitment. Do goals and plans provide a source of motivation and commitment? Do they? Do they have the power to do that? Who doesn't really enjoy the achievement-oriented goal-setting environment? But here's the reality. Goals can be a bad thing, too. What can goals hinder? What, what obstacle do goals put up? Pressure. anxiety. They create that. But could it potentially hinder creativity? Could it potentially focus you on a thing and not allow you to look outside of the perspective of other things? Because, oh, I have goal, I have objective, we have a plan. We make chocolate, why would we ever make money around this? It's just, it, it, sometimes goals and plans, there's benefits to it, and there's limitations. Can create too much pressure. Can create a false sense of certainty. May cause rigidity in a turbulent environment. Can get in the way of intuition and creativity. And that's as managers. We have to know the upside and the downside of stuff. OK, so one of the questions I was going to ask at the beginning of class, as opposed to the prison one, was what if you were the president of a university and you had a contingency plan for hurricane preparedness? How, what would be some of your goals, and how would you execute on those goals? I'm sure there was a group of people that were part of this hurricane preparedness strategy that were responsible for making these decisions. Contingency planning. We're gonna do this plan. What's the worst that can happen? We we want to decrease the amount of people that go to prison. What's a bad thing that can happen? Our plan and our initiative works in the opposite direction. (laughs) Whatever we're doing, it's, it's horrible. Or there's something crazy that happens in our society, which has happened, the Black Swan event, that creates an obnoxious amount of hindrance to our plan. We have to have a preparation for what could go wrong and have a contingency plan around it. I know that sounds crazy. Define company responses to be taken in the case of emergencies setbacks and unexpected conditions. What happens when a hurricane hits? How are we going to communicate to our students? How are we going to talk about classes? How are we going to protect our facility? Who's going to be in charge of this? And what does it look like post-hurricane? You're just visualizing it. You're talking about a story of something that could happen, um, and you're just saying, okay, what if? There's sort of a devil's advocate approach. Somebody in the room that is painting a picture in a different direction. Okay, what are you going to do now? I think I've been doing some of that in this class, painting a scenario. But if we worked in the airline industry, But if we were the president of the university, what would we do? Stretch goals. To stretch, do I think it's possible? I do. Do you think it's possible? No. A stretch goal could be something crazy obnoxious. But I can say in my mind that I'm going to make this happen because I have some control over executing that stretch goal. But that would be a lofty goal that sometimes can create a little bit of hindrance in you. But at the same time, it could create motivation in you. So those are stretch goals, big, audacious, Ambitious goals. I got some plans. I got some goals for you. I got some tactics. Just follow me. We're going to be good. We're effective. Let me tell you something. Let me compare it to, and let me show you how they're performing versus how you're performing. And every day I fed you that carrot. It's doable, but it's big, carry and ambitious. It could really be something that could motivate people. So I want to make sure you use this as a tactic to know that putting stretch goals into play is a, is a really formidable approach to motivating and encouraging people sometimes. But it could have the opposite effect. So what's the difference between preventing something from happening versus preparing for the inevitable thing happening? Preparation is, okay, something is going to happen, and we have to be prepared for it. Preparing for that to happen. Or I can prevent that from happening. Or you can just build a building in an area where there's no hurricanes. So that's where that mindset of prevention. We never want to get hit by a hurricane, so let's just go somewhere else. There's all sorts of things I can do to prevent something bad happening versus preparing for it to happen. So there's things as managers, before crises or bad events happen, that we can just prevent them from happening, ever. But there's also things that we have to realize that we have to prepare for because likely these things could happen. People are going to quit, yeah, probably. People going to move out of the area, probably. Someone going to steal from us. We can really set up as much as we can to prevent that, but can we really prevent it? We have to be prepared for what if it does happen. I have to let people go from our organization often. And I'll tell you one example, which was, was really crazy. This gentleman, he's, he was there for a long time, had sort of a gregacious personality, outgoing, you know, kind of interface kind of guy. He, he really was not going in the right direction and he needed to be like, oh, so I have to do it. I have to let him go. I could prevent that from ever happening. Like I could have life coached him, but inevitably certain people are gonna leave the organization. Now I have to prepare for letting this guy go. And we had an ex police officer as a, a facilities maintenance guy, so we knew that he Carried, he was strapped, he was like ready, to, he was a big guy. So whenever I would have these controversial terminations, I would just say, hey listen, about an hour, I'm gonna let someone go, bring them to the office. I don't know what their response is gonna be. I just need you to hang around here and just make sure I'm okay. I would even say a quick prayer with someone in the office and say, all right, here we go, go down, and I prepare for the worst that can happen. This guy, he somehow caught on to the fact that he was gonna get fired. He drove his company truck uh, onto the loading dock like he was the boss. Blaring music, windows down, screeched it, put it in park, got out of the car, and I'm like, oh my god, here we go. And we, I sat him down, he was obnoxious, I let him go, and he already had his car all empty now, he, his, he had his ride on his way, and it was crazy. It was crazy, but I had no idea what was gonna happen. I was preparing for the worst case scenario. that this guy was gonna physically attack me somehow, and I had to prepare for that. So th- these are just things, as managers and leaders, we had to say, okay, what could happen here? What could go wrong? And how do we put certain things in place to ensure that if the worst case scenario happens, that we're ready? It's just the preparation part of it. But obviously, again, prevention, you don't want to have to fire We want people to do well. We can prevent people from turning over and leaving our organizations by implementing other things way prior to them ever having to be fired.